Welcome to the Graceway Bible Church Podcast, a place to be immersed in teachings from God's Word. We hope you will be blessed by the Word of God as we discover together what our Heavenly Father wants us to understand. If you would like more information about our church, how to know Jesus as your Savior, or teachings from the Bible, visit our website, www.gracewaybc.org. Join us now as we dive into God's Word. Today I'd like to start by focusing in on the names of Jesus. If you think about his names, each one of the names of Jesus give us a new insight into who he is and how we relate to him. There's the vine and the branches illustration. There's the, uh, he's the bread of life, he's the living water, he's the good shepherd. But there's a particular illustration in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, where he's called the Wonderful Counselor. The Counselor. So that we, when we're feeling overwhelmed, we often want to go see a counselor, but the most important, the most valuable counselor we might ever see is Jesus Christ himself, who will help straighten our thinking, give us the ability to um, straighten out some of the thoughts that we have, especially when we're feeling overwhelmed with life, as Job certainly is feeling. I love Job because he's so transparent. He's so willing to be honest to share his heart, to bear his soul. And so it's fascinating to think of someone like Job coming with all of his needs and challenges to the mighty counselor, to the wonderful counselor. I just imagine what it would have been like for, for Job to step into the counselor's office, Jesus himself. And we're going to imagine that today as we... I've entitled this sermon, Job Meets Jesus. And Job's going to just share out of Job chapter 9 where he just pours his heart out because that's where we are in the, in the book of Job. And, and Jesus is going to ask him some questions. Of course, Jesus doesn't ask the questions because he doesn't know the answer. He knows the answer, but he asks the questions so that he can help Job rethink some of the things that he's experiencing in his own pain. As we do this, I'm hoping that you might consider in your own heart the times when you feel overwhelmed, the times when you're upset, or even the times when you're not, the value of understanding Jesus as the counselor of your life, someone you can go to, someone you can talk to, someone you can appreciate, someone who can be your friend and dialogue with. Job meets Jesus. Well, Job, I'm glad you came in today. I, I just want you to know that I know your pain. I know the suffering that you're going through. The pain of your health, obviously, but also the pain of the, the challenges of losing loved ones, the pain of, of uh, suffering, losing your, your income. All of those things are dramatic pains that you experience in your life. And... and and I'm sure that's all complicated by your friends who come and tell you it's your fault. I just want you to know I can feel that pain. I know what it's like. I remember a time when I wanted to go and comfort my friends, Mary and Martha, when Lazarus had died. And when I went into that situation, I came to, 
to Mary, and, and Mary said these words to me. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's as if she's saying, it's your fault, Jesus, that I'm in this situation. Well, I can imagine the pain that you experience because it's not just all these other pains of, of your health and your, your uh, loved ones and, and the loss of your income, but it's the frustration and the pain of having your, your friends, so to speak, tell you it's your fault. Oh, man, I, I can feel that pain that you're experiencing, Job. In fact, when I was in that situation and I just looked at all of the brokenness that was there, I just cried. I wept. Not because my friend Lazarus had died. I knew I was going to raise him from the dead. I was crying because of all the brokenness of humanity that was being experienced there. So I can feel your pain. I can understand the pain you're going through. I went through that kind of pain myself, and it's excruciating. It's painful to experience those things. Job, I want to ask you a question. I think this is a question that all of us must ask when we find ourselves in the midst of a struggle or a pain in our lives. I want to ask you the question, what is your view of God in this moment? How are you thinking about God in the midst of the struggle that you're experiencing right now? Wow, Jesus, I don't know you yet but you seem like just the kind of friend that I need, someone who understands me and knows me. I would like to get to know you better. But I, I wrote some things down in my journal that I'm going to read to you to answer your question about what my view is of God. I actually was answering Bildad, my friend, who was telling me that God is powerful and God is just and, and that God is really big. And I responded this way, I said in verse 2, Indeed, I know that this is true, but how can mere mortals prove their innocence before God? Though they wished to dispute with him, they could not answer him one time out of a thousand. His wisdom is profound. His power is vast. Who has resisted him and come out unscathed? He moves mountains without their knowing it and overturns them in his anger. He shakes the earth from its place and makes its pillars tremble. He speaks to the sun, and it does not shine. He seals off the light of the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He's the maker of the bear and the orion, the Pleiades and the constellations of the south. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. When he passes me, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. If he snatches away, who can stop him? Who can say to him, what are you doing? God does not restrain his anger. Even the cohorts of Rahab cowered at his feet. How can I dispute with him? How can I find words to argue with him? Though I were innocent, I could not answer him. I could only plead with my judge for mercy. Even if I summoned him and he responded, I do not believe he would give me a hearing. He would crush me with a storm and multiply my wounds for no reason. He would not let me catch my breath, but would overwhelm me with misery. If it is a matter of strength, he is mighty. And if it is a matter of justice, who can challenge him? Even if I were innocent, my mouth would condemn me. If I were blameless, it would pronounce me guilty.
Job, I just appreciate your honesty in talking about God. And, and, and I want to tell you something because your view of God being so big is a valuable thing you don't want to lose. You know, there's some people when they're going through their problems and their suffering and their pain, they view God as little unable to help them in their pain and their suffering, but you don't. You feel God is so big. Let me, let me just review some of the things that you said. You talked about the creation of the world. You talked about how God is so big that he created the, the constellations. He created the mountains. He walks on the waves. He created the, the immensity of things, even the earthquakes shudder. What a great picture of God you have of how big he is. That's really important. Don't ever lose that. You also pictured God as this great judge, which he very much is. But you imagine the courtroom there, and you imagine yourself going into that courtroom, and you see how big God is that you wouldn't even have an argument. You wouldn't even be able to say anything to God, that you would feel overwhelmed because you just view yourself as so small, and rightly so, compared to the God who is so big that we can't even go into his presence. Oh, to be in the the presence of God as you imagine, yes, you would be crushed, as you say, because when you come in contact with the holiness of God, wow, there's just this pain that you experience inside of your heart in regard to that. But Job, I think there's a problem here. I, I believe that you're right in understanding how big and immense and powerful God is, but you're viewing yourself as distant from God. I'd like to address that distance for just a moment because, well, that distance isn't always there. I have another friend whose name was David who wrote, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. There is this ability to come before God and experience in a close way, not just in a distance way. But I understand when you think about God how much distance you might feel toward him. I experienced that myself. I remember one time that I was knowing that I was going to go to the cross. And I went with my friends a little bit out to pray there, and I left them, and then I went off by myself. And I, I knelt down and I prayed, recognizing the tremendous incident that was about to take place. And I was experiencing so much anguish in my soul, as I know you were experiencing, as I imagined this immensity of God and his plan and what he's doing. I prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel of heaven appeared to me and strengthened me. And being in anguish, I prayed more earnestly, and my sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Oh, Job, I understand. I understand the anguish that we experience when we, we need that closeness for God, from God, but we recognize his holiness. We recognize the, the power that he has. I want to ask you another question, Job, as you're trying to ponder this distance, because I, I want to pursue this a little bit more with you. Uh, here's my question, Job. How are you feeling about all of this? Wow, Jesus, you're just the kind of friend that I wish I had. You know my soul. I appreciate that so much. 
How do I feel about this? Well, I wrote about that starting in verse 21. Although I am blameless, I have no concern for myself. I despise my own life. It is all the same. That is why I say he destroys both the blameless and the wicked. When a scourge brings sudden death, he mocks the despair of the innocent. When a land falls into the hands of the wicked, he blindfolds its judges. If it is not he, then who is it? Oh, Job, I am so sorry for your pain that you experience. I know that, that distance, I understand the distance that you experience when you imagine God in his holiness, God in his sovereignty, God in his power. I, I can imagine the distance you might experience. I, I remember I felt that myself when I hung on the cross and experienced the pain of the whole world crushing down on me, and I, I cried out to God. I said, God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In those moments, I felt the anguish and the pain of knowing that God is holy and I was carrying the sin for the whole world and the separation that existed there. Oh, Job, I can feel your pain in the midst of that. In fact, while I was on the cross, I made another statement that might be helpful for you as you think about your friends who think you're at fault, who misunderstand you. Because while I was on the cross and I looked at all of those people who were attacking me and misunderstood me and my purpose and, and were um, killing me, I cried out to the Father and I said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And you can say the same thing to the friends that you're with because they don't understand you. I do understand you. I understand the challenges that you're facing in your life. In fact, I know what the solution is for your heart, Job. I, I want to talk to you about that solution. The solution that you really need in your, in your heart at the moment has to do with joy. I, you know, I know it might be hard for you to think about joy in the midst of your despair, but we've got to talk about this because God has designed a solution for us even in the midst of despair. I I'm going to ask you another question, Job. I want to know, what do you, if you were going to talk to God about joy in your life, what would you say about joy? Wow, Jesus, I appreciate your understanding of me and the pain that I'm experiencing. You are a friend. Boy, I would love to know you as a friend and get to know you better. You're asking me about joy? Well, I wrote some things about it. Let me share those things with you. I said in verse 25, my days are swifter than a runner. They fly away without a glimpse of joy. They skim past like boats of papyrus, like eagles swooping down on their prey. If I say, I'll forget my complaint, I will change my expression and smile. I still dread all my sufferings. For I know you will not hold me innocent, God. Since I am already found guilty, why should I struggle in vain? Even if I washed myself with soap and my hands with cleansing powder, you would plunge me into a slime pit so that even my clothes would detest me. Oh, Job, thanks for sharing that. You know, I think this is an area where I can help you because you're making a mistake here about joy, and joy really is a solution, but it seems to me that you're taking your joy and you're attaching it to your suffering. 
Now, I don't want you to just put on a smile as you suggest, forget your complaint, because I know that as soon as you turn around, your suffering is there, like you said. That makes sense. I'm not asking you to be a hypocrite and put on a smile. I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about a joy that isn't tied into your suffering, into your circumstance. It's a joy that is deeper, that can be with you in the midst of your pain and suffering. In order to teach you more about this joy, I want to take you to another man a man who also suffered. He suffered quite a bit. His name is the Apostle Paul, and he wrote some words about joy that I want you to see. He says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. There are a couple things I want to point out, Job, that I think you would benefit here. The first one is that the word rejoice is a command which implies that we're not victims of our circumstances, that we can't just tie our joy to the situations that are going on in our lives. It's a command that we are to rejoice, which means that we have more control over the joy than we imagine. That we might rejoice always, in other words, even when bad things happen. I don't expect you to put on a smile when you're suffering, but I do believe that you can have something very deep inside of your core something that you can rely on that can give you joy even in the midst of the pain that you suffer in your life. See, the key is not just to rejoice, but to rejoice in the Lord. That's me. In your personal relationship with me. The reason I say it's, it's rejoicing in the Lord, not just in your knowledge of the Lord, but in personal relationship, is because in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul continues, he says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That word knowing is the Greek word gnosko, which means a knowledge by experience. It's a personal relationship. It's an intimate closeness. And when you embed your joy into that personal, intimate relationship with me, you can experience joy no matter what happens elsewhere in your life. This is what you need. Job. This is the kind of joy that you need inside of your heart. This is the kind of joy that you can live with every day inside of your soul. Well, I want to ask you one last question, Job. What do you wish could happen? As you think about God, what do you wish could take place in your life? Wow. That's a lot to think about. Uh, you are such a great friend. You're giving me insight into my own heart that I need. I'm grateful. But you're asking me what I wish? I'm going to tell you what I wish. I wrote it right here in my journal. In verse 32, it says about God, He is not a mere mortal like me that I might answer him, that we might confront each other in court. If only there were someone to mediate between us, someone to bring us together. Someone to remove God's rod from me so that his terror would frighten me no more. Then I would speak up without fear of him. But as it now stands with me, I cannot. Oh, Job, you've come to such an important place in your life. 
where you recognize that you can't come into God's presence on your own. You can't come into that place and try to argue with God into the courtroom, that you need someone to do that on your behalf. Oh, if more people would just recognize that tremendous need they have for what you call a mediator. What a great way to describe that. I just got to tell you, Job, I'm the mediator for you. This is so great, and here's why. I'm the mediator that, uh, because I am God. I am the one who created the world, as you described. I am the one who is the judge, who will judge the world. I am God. What you want is someone who's going to take his hand and put the hand on God's heart and hand on your part. I am that person who can bring those hearts together. But I'm not just God. I'm 100% man. And so I can identify with the challenges that you experience. I can, can feel the pain that you have in your life. I am the mediator. In fact, Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus. That is me. And you are right. You can't do this on your own. And every person has to come to a place in their lives, whether they're overwhelmed with pain or not, where they recognize they cannot come into God's presence on their own. They need a mediator who will come in and step in, who will go into the courtroom of God, who will argue the case, who will, who will satisfy the holiness and justice and wrath of God. I did that on the cross for you so that I could be the mediator, so that you could know me as a friend. In Hebrews, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Job, you're right on. You're looking for the right thing. The mediator is exactly what you need, and would everyone who finds themselves in trouble or not be eager to recognize that they can't come into God's presence alone. They need a mediator. They need a savior. You're right on, Job. You're thinking the right direction. Now, Job, I want to give you a couple pieces of advice. Some advice that really comes from another man that was really hurting. His name was David. And when David was hurting, he wrote Psalm 27. And now in that psalm, he's experiencing some real pain, but his pain is a different kind of emotion than yours. He was experiencing fear and anxiety. You're experiencing sorrow and sadness in your life. But the solution is the same. So I want to show you what, uh, what David said in his psalm. Because this is his solution. I think the solution that you need as well. He says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then he gives you two things, Job, that you can do right now in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the suffering that you're experiencing. There are two things that you can focus on. Instead of focusing on yourself, instead of focusing on your pain, focus on these two things, and it will help you as you're trying to figure out how to deal with the struggles of life. He says in verse 8, he says, My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. So I would suggest, first of all, Job, you want to seek the Lord faithfully. Don't focus on yourself and your own pain. Focus on the Lord. Seek him faithfully. It reminds me of a time when I preached a sermon. 
It was a sermon near the Sea of Galilee up on a mountain, so they call it now. They refer to it as the Sermon on the Mount. But in that sermon, I wrote these words. I said, or I spoke these words, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Job, you want to seek God faithfully. And secondly, what you want to do is mentioned down there in verse 14, he says, wait patiently. It says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Now, I know you're doing this, Job. In fact, I, I want to tell you something. Someday, people are going to look back on your life and they're going to remember the patience of Job. That's what James refers to. He says, you have heard of the patience of Job. You're doing a good job, Job. Hang in there and continue to seek the Lord. Continue to be patient. Continue to look for that mediator because that's the solution for your pain. I know that some of you may be in the midst of struggles and pain right now in your lives. And so this sermon is for you today. It's for something that you can take home and meditate on because there is a friend that wants to have a personal relationship with you. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is what you need to know. Because you need a friend who's going to walk this through with you. You need someone who's going to be with you and and live your life with you. This friend that understands you, that's Jesus Christ himself. But I know there are some of you who now in your lives, this isn't where you're at. But you may be someday. I would encourage you to take this sermon or these truths and file them away somewhere. Because someday you're going to need them in your own personal lives. And we all know people around us who need this message. This message that we know now is the gospel of Jesus Christ that helps us deal with our suffering in very practical ways, helps us address the deep needs that we have. We need a friend. We need a mediator. We need a Savior who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Heavenly Father, we cherish your mercy and your compassion. We know we need you, and so now, Lord, we call upon you We thank you for the death of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the sacrifice that he made for us so that we could have access to God as Father. We will never forget that, Father. And as we celebrate the Lord's table today, Father, we ask that you would remind us of the tremendous gift you've given to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. And all God's children said, Amen. Thank you for sharing in this message. We pray it will make a difference in your life. Please consider joining us for our Sunday morning and evening worship services. For location and more information, visit our website, www.gracewaybc.org, and listen next time to learn more. May the God of peace richly bless you through his Son, Jesus Christ.